Hello, you're listening to Between the Laughs, the book club for sitcoms. Every episode, one of us picks a comedy, we all watch it, and then we have a chat about it. I'm joined once more by Paul Brunger in Manchester and Mike Techman in Brighton. How are you doing? What's been exciting you in the world of comedy recently? I just bought nine tickets to a Josie Long gig which was more challenging than it should have been because the website allows you to buy one ticket, two tickets, three tickets, four tickets, five tickets, six tickets, seven tickets, eight tickets or ten tickets. But not nine tickets. Very much not nine tickets. Um, So (laughs) we are are a group of of five and a group of four sitting either side of some other people. I'm (laughs) sure we'll still have a lovely time. I, oh, I, on a recent long haul flight, they actually have uh, a Josie Long show recorded at the Soho Theatre as one of the options on the, on the films for the flight. Oh, very um, good. And well, it, it was the show Cara Josephine, and it was bloody good. Fantastic. I've seen her a couple of times. She's very good. Very good live. Yes. Uh, I've yeah. been enjoying um, the... Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a couple of things I've been enjoying, actually. I've been enjoying the new series of, uh, of Game Face, friend of the show, Roisin Conaty, who'll get a mention a little she, bit later in t- on today, actually. She will. She um, will. I, I, yeah, I've been very much enjoying uh, enjoying that new season. I think we're only a couple of episodes in at the time of recording, so that'll give you, give you a clue, you uh, clever people, when we're recording this. Um, the other thing I've been, I've been enjoying is, is in the podcast format, something called Ooh. the Beef and Dairy Network Podcast. Are you two familiar with that? With that? Absolutely not. One of my stranger friends, to- who, who may well be listening, hi, Ed, he, um, he recommended it to me. It's very funny. It's... it's it is what it sounds like. It's a it's a podcast uh, <laughs> about, about a beef about beef and dairy, about cows and cow herding and the consumption of, of beef and dairy products. Um, well, that sounds hilarious. Kind of set in a, but it's set in a kind of a. I don't know. It's not quite set in a universe where everybody's obsessed with beef and dairy, but certainly all of the people involved in it are obsessed with beef and dairy. Uh, to an, to an unreasonable extent and the reason I was just reminded of it was because Josie Long uh, makes an appearance in one of the episodes playing a youth worker who is work, who is um, working with uh, disaffected youths who disaffected youth who are um, just not eating as much beef as, as kids used to eat and they've you know they've started to, to dabble with uh, with lamb now and that's that's proven to be a real concern for them so that sounds I'd very funny. That sounds highly really, really recommend good. this podcast. I don't think I've sold it particularly well, but it's very funny. Um, wow. that, Martin, I think that was my pitch for 99 problems later on <laughs> knackered then. That was my whole beef comp idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, have you been um, enjoying anything? So, I mean, in terms of what I've been watching, I've been re-watching uh, South Park. Uh, oh. I've, I've gone all the way back because normally when I rewatch South Park which I do maybe once, a, once every couple of years I only go back as far as maybe maybe season 11 I go back as far as uh, the Kanye West fish sticks episode <laughs> but uh, I've gone quite far back this time I've just I've gone to the season where I'm, I'm at the season now where because um, what I do is I start the most recent season I watch that one then I watch the one before that and I just yeah. keep going backwards like that um, it's quite funny because you kind of sort of see what was going on politically at different times yeah. you know uh, particularly the years they were doing satire which is probably from season six or seven onwards you see you know reaction to the war in Iraq you could see all this sort of stuff kind of passing by very quickly yeah, um, but I've just got back to the season where Kenny is dead for the whole season, and they're they're, they're continually trying out different 
uh, different kids in their classes uh, as oh, mates, yes. yeah. which is, is very funny. Um, is, that, is that a series with quite a lot of butters in it as well? Yeah. Yes, who is my yeah, favourite character. Dude butters. Netflix <laughs> used to have, so a, good. have a butters collection of South Park episodes. It didn't have whole seasons for a time, but Netflix had uh, had collections of, ca- of episodes about uh, characters and there was a yeah. butters collection and just... So good. Wonderful series of episodes because it's just, it's just... Butters is just such a great character. I recently watched the one where... Uh, his parents tried to kill him, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the same one where he stumbles on his dad in yeah. a gay sauna? That's and right. Doesn't, that's what sort of sets the events in motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ends up with his mum murdering him or trying to. Yeah. Yes. There's, yeah. That, there's a great one where um, they try to sell him to Paris Hilton as well. Yes, that's the other one uh, I watched, yeah. <laughs> and I also really like the one where he becomes a pimp. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been really enjoying uh, that. The other thing that's sort of like piqued my comedy interest recently is uh, Aziz Ansari put out a show on Netflix. He's just put out a new... Oh, yeah, is it good? Uh, mm, no, not really. Um, <laughs> is it morally it's, acceptable? It's interesting. It's interesting that he's that he's kind of the first from that like Me Too wave of things. Obviously, the general consensus seemed to be at the time that his was um, a less... Uh, Permanent should be a could be a less permanently damning um, uh, allegation and report. Yeah. So he has obviously decided to break cover and put out a Netflix special. Um, but it's very interesting because it's a very, it's a massive massive change since his last Netflix special that uh, that, I, that I watched. Because um, it used to be very sharp suits talking about you know modern life and dating very very woke and very kind of like um but he actually in this one he comes out in like a Metallica t-shirt and he's uh he's he's just he kind of just a bit uh he's very world weary uh and kind of uh not as funny to be honest <laughs> right I, the, the, thing that, uh, the thing that concerns me most that you said there is the fact that he's wearing a Metallica t-shirt it reminds me of when we were talking about things like the the weak man's idea of a strong man and Metallica yeah. t-shirt for me is the the conformist the mainstream conformist idea of a rebel yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true wearing, wearing the merchandise of multi-millionaires Metallica yeah it's so true it's so true so yeah he's he's, he's sort of play he's playing things down he, he, did, he sort of addresses what went on and uh, you know at the start but it's a it's a it's a very it's kind of a strange it was a strange watch I think there's mm. a couple of there's a couple of bits he did that got me laughing I can't remember but there's nothing so memorable was his old stuff where he was talking about you know hanging out with um, Kanye West and stuff um, yeah uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes leave us a review uh, if you leave us a funny one uh, I might read it out so get in touch with us on social media as well Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram at Between Laughs, Facebook.com slash Between the Laughs, or email us at Between the Laughs at gmail.com. We love to hear from you because uh, it validates our existence. Uh, Mike, it was your turn to pick a comedy this week, this month, to watch. What did you choose? So I... So I picked this before I actually watched it because it interested me, it intrigued me it, uh, to see uh, th- this was happening. So uh, Ricky Gervais did a, I think it's a Netflix only show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely is because it's, it's shot really well. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It's got that, it's all shot in 4K and everything. So it's just really good. Um, yeah. 
but the if that if you judge your shows by the quality, I of do their, want my sitcom to be in resolution. ultra high 4K. resolution. Yeah. I want to see the sweat on Ricky Gervais's face. No, so what it is is uh, Ricky Gervais um, has written and uh, I think he directed as well and stars in um, a show that I thought was quite an interesting concept. Um, it's uh, ostensibly a sitcom about a guy whose wife dies um, and he just turns into sort of a proper arsehole because he's sad. Um, and we talk a lot about uh, sad, the sad comedy, the sort of the, the, the depression comedy special, the, the sad dad show, um, the mm-hmm. dad show quite a lot on this podcast. So I thought it'd be interesting to see how that translates to an actual sitcom in which... Uh, one of the, the the sit is that one of the characters is miserable um, so yeah it's it's uh, I, I'm re- really keen to hear what you guys thought about it um, so my my first reaction to it it was very it was very strange I, I, the way I described it to, to myself first of all was it's, it's kind of comedy in a minor key everything was so sad it was there were laughs there the laughs sometimes were dark sometimes they were just mm. moments of kind of brightness around the overwhelming sadness one thing i noticed later as i watched it actually even the music all of the music in it is in a minor key it is very yeah. definitely meant to be a downer mm. um, i found myself laughing quite a lot though did you yeah no i i agree i i i thought it was i thought it was good i don't think it was great i think the problem with with all of Ricky Gervais's stuff is that it will be forever compared to The Office and Extras. Yeah. And it's yeah. nowhere, it's not, it's not, if, if, if The Office is uh, Man City, Extras maybe is uh, like, I don't know, Spurs, this might not be in, this probably be in the, uh, hoping for promotion from the championship. Right. But I, I, think- I, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> It's interesting because uh, obviously Office and Extra is both with Stephen Merchant, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I like the implication that when you take Super Stephen Merchant away from Ricky Gervais, he's just <laughs> See a miserable the Peter Taylor Ricky Gervais' Brian Clough. But, but Stephen, yeah. Merchant, Stephen Merchant was also involved in, in other... I think Life's Too Short which I only I didn't only saw a very small amount of and didn't I thought it was terrible to be honest uh, Derek I quite likes yeah but I think Stephen Merchant was involved in Derek yeah Not- I think one thing I do like about Ricky Gervais is that he does try and he and within this he is trying something different yeah um, 100% yeah because you know he could put his name on something and people will watch it um, yeah. yeah but it's it's good that, and I really like that he's trying to uh test out new things and what is possible within comedy um, and I thought that was really good uh, I mean you don't see many comedies where the main character takes heroin in the second episode um, just a good life yeah <laughs> just a good life yeah <laughs> that's army Hyacinth Bouquet was an absolute smack smack team <laughs> <theme. laughs> well, you, you're, you're definitely you're definitely right it's definitely something unique and it is far away from the definition of a sitcom that you know you're all in this bottle that you just have some japes around a standard sitcom plot and it is what it is and it's all sort of fine it's definitely more it's more philosophical than that it definitely is you hear a lot of different voices in it that at different times 
feel like they're the one talking sense and being reasonable and at other times that character will sound like they're not the one being reasonable and it's it, it, there's a lot of it's like an exploration of a very difficult topic but to make that palatable you've also put some very good comic actors around it yeah. and some funny moments around it it's a mm. but it's a philosophical philosophical exploration with funny moments rather than a a, a comedy and yeah I laughed a lot more than Mrs. Brown's boys <laughs> I might even have laughed more than Derry Girls. I, I, I found it, um, I found oh, really? it quite funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what were your, what I'm, your I'm top a, three funny, funny moments? What, what was getting you laughing, laughing? I think it might, it might even be that laughs were awkward laughs. I can't quite work it out, but I find some of the, some of the sort of one-liners he chucks out at that co-worker of his, the, the, yeah. the, the, the I find that, I find that character very funny as well. Most of, he, a lot of the comedy, a lot of the out-and-out laughs come from either the scenes in the office mm. that, that they work in. Um, there's a great cast around there. There's what's her name, yeah. Philomena Kunk, sitting yeah, in the corner. Yes. Oh, Diane, yes. Diane Morgan. I think um, she's the best bit in the office. Is Philomena Kunk? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, hands and, down. And you've got the new girl kind of playing the the straight man, um, and then, but then the, the scenes where they go out of the office with the photographer. And great these scenes. absurd local news stories, yeah. the mundanity of them, but also the, just the absurdity of them. That's where that those are the moments that break up what would otherwise be a really miserable yeah. Yeah. St- uh, show. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think my biggest laugh moments were probably when they were doing their interviewing people about a stain that looks like whoever. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that bit's great. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's an the interesting relationship. That's, that's my favourite one. The guy who's got five birthday cards all the same and then he describes <laughs> how he felt as a traditional birthday card was received. That's yeah. very good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, it's got you know. It's, it's. I think it's actually. I think it's pretty well written. I think you know. It's and I think I'll probably. I think I'll probably continue to watch it. But it is something that you feel yourself going to kind of a bit of a bleak place as you watch because you're, you're you're being brought into this guy's world where yeah. he is he is having he's using the darkest of comedy. This the, the, the central character that Ricky Jarius plays is he has a very dark bleak outlook on life and that's the yeah. humour that you're um, being invited to join in on and it's um, it's interesting to be taken to that place and to to, to laugh along with him for a bit but you yeah. know at the same time then he'll do something like you know score some heroin or yeah uh, I, I thought that I thought that that um, as much as I did find it quite funny when he hires a uh, friend of the show Roisin Connolly who is uh, who is playing a sex worker in the show he hires her you see him t- sort of walking home with her and then it sort of cuts to her doing his washing up yeah. um, I thought that was quite funny but I did also think I'd seen that joke before a few times um, yes yeah but I do like I like I quite like her kind of character in it as well. She's she's very funny. Yeah, I I, I think there's a, there's an excellent cast uh, around, and I think it's also quite telling that he's surrounded himself with actors that he's worked with before. Yeah, basically everyone apart from Rasheen Connerty and uh, and Diane Morgan have have yeah. have been in his previous sitcoms. I think 
actually maybe not quite older than but, but a lot of, there's a lot of big names there obviously his wife uh, played the the lead care worker in Derek um, his new love interest was was his co-star in Extras uh, it's funny because I come at it from a person who's not seen that much of his back catalogue and part of the reason for that is because obviously I'm a contrarian I don't do what anyone else does I know all those are very successful and popular and funny <laughs> programmes but also I struggle probably to separate Ricky Gervais the sort of performer and, and creative talent and you know this is this is absolutely sort of author type really interesting creative thing completely different to anything else out there but it's also it's been being by Ricky Gervais and I struggle to sort of step away from some of the willfully sort of uh, awkward or obnoxious obnoxious yeah good word for it obnoxious yeah. behaviour the whole the, his whole monk controversy on Twitter yeah. where he was which which actually turned that photo I think was him in character as Derek so everyone was really concerned about what on earth he was going to do with this character of Derek um, and then actually the show itself was was really uh, I, I really enjoyed Derek it, it was it was it wasn't mocking this man with no, this no, he was disability. no but, he, but he does it's not so much the photo of him in character as yeah. that he was using the word yeah yeah and then doubling as, down as the word was used in school yeah and, you, and yeah. I think sort of Richard Herring had a really good sort of stance on it which is of course you can use that word in that way if you want but there's a there's a significant community of people to whom yeah. this is still offensive yeah uh, and are living this life every day and maybe you could use a different word maybe not yeah. in the context of making art about it but in the context of saying or oh, good monging twitterlings yeah, yeah. Uh, and getting your enormous yeah. twitter fan base to jump on people who say maybe that's not a good thing to do like yeah. it's the fact that you know he's clearly a bright guy but I also yeah. think he wants to sort of he thinks he's right in a lot of situations, mm. uh, has strong views yeah. about things from the, you know, dis- disability, unfriendly language to animal welfare. And those ones are probably on opposite ends of the spectrum because he obviously hates cruelty to animals, but he hates not being allowed to call people among. Uh, or does he, and was he just, you know, is he being a bit of a prick? Is he in character? So young? Well, yeah. in character, but is he yeah. just being a prick? And, his own? Yeah. And, and, and I find that difficult about him. And yeah, then, he's definitely an arsehole. He's, and you he's see that in the show, though, here, where he 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 uses uh, an argument in the office with Diane Morgan's character to basically put across his yeah. stock argument for atheism. Yeah. A, you know, an argument he's probably had a thousand times on Twitter, or he's had in, in yeah. person with all his friends. Like, he, he uses that to put across that and it just it, that bit felt like Ricky Gervais saying that and not yeah. the character saying it and I, I thought overall there were lots of bits that I thought were quite didactic like he's kind of going this is what I think it is and this is but interestingly it's not always the Ricky Gervais character being the voice of Ricky Gervais I don't think I think there's parts where for example the scene after the comedy club where he's talking to his boss slash brother-in-law yeah uh, and the boss slash brother-in-law is going 
well, look, the guy in the comedy club, the comedian's not going to check if everyone's wife's just died. Yeah. And he's just doing, he's just saying things yeah. to yeah. make everyone happy and have a laugh. And that sounds very much like yeah. a face yeah. voice to me. And you're sort of going, okay, you've put it into someone else's mouth talking to your character, which is quite clever. And and to be fair, it's relatively even-handed. It sort of explores both sides of this. The Ricky yeah. Gervais character is clearly in pain because this happened. But then the almost the narrative resolution of it is the other character comes in and says, Well, you you know, tough that's life, which is very Ricky Gervaisian. I think I, yeah. what I one thing I really um thought was quite effective was how, was his use of these videos of his wife. Yes. Yeah. So you, you're getting to know her, you're getting to know what that relationship was. Um and it's and it, it's this really lovely, well not very sad really, juxtaposition between how utterly happy they both were yeah. and how completely devoid of joy he is now without her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, like it's heartbreaking. The, it really it's is. It's like the, 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 what's the, after 9-11, the Queen's message to America was something like, um, grief is the price we pay for love. And it's like that mm. over six episodes. Yeah. yeah. And it is really nice that it isn't, because I thought from the press for this and from his attitude in the first episode, it was very going to be much. It was going to be leveraged about this idea that Ricky Gervais's character says in the first episode, "This is like a superpower. I can be as horrible and as yes. unhinged as I yes. want about everything." There yes. was a worry that that might become it. Yeah, exactly. I was worried that, about that. that from the I press. Really that's what I that. thought it was going to be for six episodes. But it was actually much more enjoyable experience to watch him realise that's not where he wants to stay for the rest of his existence, and sort of the where he ends up in in asking out his dad's nurse for a drink mm. and stuff like. That. And every, everything sort of moves on. Um, that's not to say that, that you know it's all happy endings. Sort of the stuff with his fellow uh, heroin user is is very sort of morally vacuous. The way that that ends for him or or again is it because it is this very even-handed thing of saying well actually this is this guy's experience and he does want to do that and so i do think it's it explore i really think explores is the word i would use it explores a load of these things and looks at them from multiple viewpoints um which i really enjoyed that side of it but i did have to sort of they then go but which one of these is ricky gervais just trying to say and this is the right answer and mm. be really didactic about it like, i mean it, a very Ricky Gervaisian thing that I didn't really enjoy about this is all right they are in character but it's there's so much of it is just a big stack of fat jokes uh, and that's how he interacts with his colleague and all right yes he actually thinks his colleague is a great friend and so on but that sort of thing about them having a, the good friend relationship is sort of six episodes in and before that it's just him doing those jokes about his colleague being the photographer colleague being fat uh, and there are also some jokes about him, Ricky Gervais' character being fat, and stuff like that. And you just kind of think, well, this is this feels a little bit. There's that much of it, and that is so currently out of fashion as a as a, an acceptable behaviour to sort of fat shame people. It feels very Ricky Gervais has found a thing that will get people upset, mm. and he's now scratching mm. that itch to try and get it, to, you know, try and get people to try and swat him away so that he can have a Twitter argument about it. So I, mean, I, I think this was this really interesting, really well made. Definitely agree with your point, Mike, that it's really beautifully shot and sort of the bit on the beach yeah. with the dog and all that looks so good and it's all this sort of thing. Uh, but you, yeah. I, I, I just... I struggle with the background feeling of, oh, but I'm not sure how much I like you as a person, the the, the creator behind this. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think yeah. I've got too much of an issue with that side of it, with 
just being annoyed at Ricky Gervais. I just I didn't think it was funny enough for me to go. Like, I didn't. Mm. I, I didn't think it was either challenging enough or funny enough. If it, you know, if it was one of those two mm. things to an extreme, great. I enjoyed it. I watched all six episodes. I'm probably not going to actively seek out season two if and when that appears. So yeah, that's mm. that's an interesting point because I sort of thought. Having watched series one, I thought this has ended in a really great place. I feel like we've explored a lot of the stuff that it yeah. explores. And again, coming back to this idea that this is interesting because it talks about this stuff. And all right, there's some jokes and laughs and good performances along the way, but it's this really interesting exploration. Have, have you got enough to do a, a like, a, like Fleabag? I loved series one and I strongly liked series two because series two lacked this same sort of structure and sort of structure around it is, is this just going to be we're going to go and spend some more time with these characters for six more episodes but there's no point to it I was just going to mention Fleabag because because mm, yeah. I got to the end of season one uh, on the podcast uh, when we talked about, about it and I said then I was probably not going to bother watching season two then I watched season two and thought it was absolutely brilliant and way better than season one Ugh. so maybe Ricky Gervais will pull will pull out of the bag and produce a, a brilliant season two but I don't think he's produced a brilliant season one yeah, I think it's, I think it's a it's an interesting development of his writing yeah. and him as a. It feels a lot more mature than some of the things he's done in the past. Um, I think it's got more artistic merit than a lot of his other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I totally take Paul's point that Ricky Gervais is just a bit of a knob, <laughs> and it took me a while to move away from just looking for places where it's him seeing being suffering from grief as as a superpower for him to be horrible to everyone um and you know I, that I, and I, that is all I think while there were some funny jokes there I also think that was when it was kind of emotionally at his weakest because I, I also don't think that I don't think that Ricky Gervais is as good at those jokes as he thinks he is um no I don't think Ricky Gervais is as good as anything as he thinks he is, though, because that's impossible. But, that's, the, um, that's the challenge that comes from having yeah. your first sitcom being wildly yeah. critically acclaimed and, and producing a, a hugely successful American spin-off. Yeah, and of course, The Office is an incredible, incredible show. Like, there's, there's no yeah. denying that. I think, for from my point of view, it is very good. It's a very good programme. It's not necessarily a very good comedy because uh, I don't really. It's a bit, uh, Fleabag's a really interesting comparison because Fleabag, I thought, this isn't really a sitcom so much as a play, and it turned out we probably didn't know at the time that that's exactly where it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this again feels like a very good something, uh, not necessarily a very good comedy. Uh, but the problem, the difference for me is Fleabag was the first Phoebe uh, Bridge Waller. Wallabridge. Phoebe Wallabridge, yeah. Edit out the wrong one, please. <laughs> Phoebe Wallabridge. <laughs> that was is Flea, the difference between the two is Flea, Fleabag was the first Phoebe Wallabridge thing that I had seen, uh, and yeah. I felt like yes, I would spend more time with this person, and every time I'd seen her anything with that she as a, a creative has been involved with, I'm like, oh yeah, I could definitely spend more time with anything that she's touched. Whereas Ricky Gervais, this is of of a lot of the same kind of merits, but it's the creative factors working the opposite way for me. It's it's it has to work this hard to make me go with the fact that 
I'm sort of going, oh, well, okay, it is really good, but don't like it when he says naughty words. <laughs> Afterlife is available on Netflix in both the UK and the US. Please let us know what you thought of it. Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram at Between Laughs, Facebook.com slash Between the Laughs, or email us at Between the Laughs at gmail.com. Finally, it's time for our quite new feature. I've got. Did you have a seagull there, Mike? Yes. <laughs> authentic. It's very authentic in this. Brian in the lighthouse in Brighton in which you live. Finally, it's time for our new feature. I've got 99 sitcoms, but this pitch ain't one. Before the show, I allocated Paul and Mike a couple of uh, taglines from an AI tagline generator I found, or Mike found, on the web. They will pitch their tagline to me as a fully formed sitcom idea, and I am going to pick the best one. I am sitting here in the role of NBC commissioning um, director, editor, editor, commissioning editor, and... uh, I'll be picking the one which I think is the most uh, is the funniest, the one that is going to be the most commercially successful for my network and uh, the one that I would most like to watch. So let's see what you've got. Paul, you, say, you say that, I think you base it on two criteria. One, funniest name. Yes. And then two, <laughs> and, and then two is it going to make money for my network? I think you're a very realistic <laughs> portrayer of this role. You say it's about always this funny, but you, you turn down my auteurish uh, Beckett and Nightmare bus station sitcom with no language. <laughs> in favour of a cartoon with a good name yeah, yeah absolutely exactly uh, so anyway Paul uh, you, you are 2 nil down at this stage of the series um, I'm feeling confident but there's plenty to play for because we've got plenty more episodes to come I hope um, <laughs> <laughs> wow cut that out <laughs> um, we've, got, we've got everything to play for we've got plenty more episodes to come um can you claw back a, a goal uh, in this one you're uh, going to start us off with your tagline eight store owners are being held hostage Yes, so I feel confident about pulling this one back to 2-1 because I think I've finally got the uh, the concept, the, the basis on which you're scoring them, which for the, two, the past two months, I was just making something that I would want to see. <laughs> and so, but now I'm going to commercial it up a bit. It's going to be a lot cheaper uh, and a lot more mass appeal. So I think the challenge with this tagline, eight, eight shopkeepers all get taken hostage, that's, that's too big a cast. To work, it's Mrs. Brown's fever. People are going to come in and say one thing and then f off, and then when they were knackered. So I thought, oh, how do we bring this many people together uh, for this sitcom? You know, is it how? How do? You, why would you even have eight shopkeepers in one place? Because you wouldn't have that in a shop. That's the place they're infamous for being. So that's not going to work. I thought, oh, is it like a St. John's Ambulance Training Centre, perhaps, where they're all stuck there? They're on a course for the day, and then the terrorists come in. Uh, and a lot of place down so they need some sort of reason to get together there's no such thing as a shopkeepers convention so it's a St John's Ambulance training facility surely there isn't do shopkeepers not go to conferences to to discuss what maybe it could be head office to get some of those biscuits in yeah oh they're great but they're all rival shopkeepers so these aren't these aren't shopkeepers in the same okay Business for me, they're, they're rival shopkeepers thrown together by circumstance. Classic sitcom. Could it be like a, like a. And this is very much your idea, of course. But could it be like a, a gangsters meeting? You know, when they, they all, all the gangsters get together for a parley <laughs> to read the price oh, of right. fish fingers. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Uh, maybe maybe that's what the terrorists are cross about. The fish finger price ringing cartel have gotten <laughs> together. Uh, uh, these guys are coming to intervene in this in this affront to uh, to commerciality. So yes. That's that's so. I figured 
to get eight characters plus some terrorists together, I kind of need to separate them off into a few separate groups. So I've kind of got three groups in mind. The first group is the head shopkeeper of the cartel uh, and the lead two terrorists who, who are negotiating with him. Um, I decided to, to really maximise the audience for the network. The head shopkeeper is is literally going to be Granville from Still Open All Hours, David Jason. Um, this canonically, my sitcom takes place in the same, in the extended universe of, of Open All Hours. Fantastic. Um, uh, is there like, this is not going to be like the phrase yet. This is commercially... It's going to be better. Yeah, this is this has commercial... Um, yeah, it's got potential, right? Potential, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so Granville, uh, Granville, David Jason sits uh, with the two lead terrorists uh, who sort of play a good cop, bad cop routine. Uh, bad cop is Ricky Grover because uh, he's the generic man to play a, a violent thug in English sitcoms, uh, and good cop is going to be Catherine Ryan. Nice. He'd be very good, good cop. Very, yeah. very different. Yeah. Big contrast with big, big, big beardy Ricky. I think that would be work well. So that's that's kind of group one. So they're talking about the the main plot driving bit about about the fish finger fixing cartel. Uh, group two uh, are basically all of the other shopkeepers, uh, bar group three. They're not really relevant to negotiations, so they are stuck in a room uh, and they are bored uh, and very much trying to pass the time. So this uh, this group of shopkeepers are just are just classic sitcom again. They're, they've got nothing to do. It's like Red Dwarf. They've got nothing to do, so they're just making up things to waste their time. Uh, one of them is going to be Nina Conti, so she's <laughs> going to do like lots of ventriloquism type stuff to waste the time. You know, she'll make the plant in the corner talk or whatever. She'll do that. Um, one of them will be Ramesh Ranganathan, who because he's legally required to be in everything now, mm-hmm. uh, he will yeah. just be fed up with his mum. <laughs> yeah, maybe she can play one of the uh, the armed uh, armed terrorists, perhaps. Um, and then I thought, who who else can be quite cynical? Uh, so I thought Bridget Christie could be quite a world weary uh, shopkeeper. And then I thought, oh, while we're doing extended universe, uh, one of the shopkeepers is going to be uh, Dylan Moran playing Bernard Black from Black Books. Well, hang on, hang on. That's not all three of these take place in the same extended universe. universe. No, it's all the same universe. Oh. Just because, unless unless you've watched Open All Hours, and yeah. David Jason is watching Black Books on telly. It's perfectly feasible for them to be the same extended universe. Yeah, true. And they'll all get together like the Avengers, and it's this. Yeah, yeah. The Avengers uh, so, of British shop-based fits. It is the Avengers of British shopkeeping comedies. Um, and then I mean, you can even send it to American shopkeeping comedies and get uh, <laughs> the the guy from what was it the one that runs the tool shop. Uh, no, it's, it's not too tough. It's <laughs> yeah, too home improvement. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to go with that. I've got a much more shoehorned thing than that, which is one of the terrorists uh, has been won over by the life of shopkeeping, uh, and and she has completely converted to their cause, meaning that her fellow terrorists have had to take her hostage as well, uh, and that's going to be played by Josie Long, because she can do nice. earnest really, really well. Uh, and she's going to need a, 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 a an acting job to replace the one that she didn't win last time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she's in there, and that's that's the, that's the board people in the room. There's also some gun terrorist people in that room, but none of them are played by anyone famous. They just stand there silently because that's already too many people to be in one sitcom room. Uh, and they'll make lots of jokes about how they're silent and they never respond to anything. And then the final group, there's two that the terrorists don't know are there, uh, but rather than sort of go all John McLean. 
they just sort of hide in a cupboard and talk shit at each other and they will be played by Vic and Bob <laughs> right it's taken some strange twists and turns this one I, I, very you didn't have a lot to work with that tagline and you've 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 worked Got a lot into it <laughs> um Okay, Mike, your your tagline. Um, oh, what was the What's the name of the show, though? What's the name of the oh, show? Oh yeah, sorry. What's the title of your show? Because this closed is all hours. Closed all. Oh, oh okay, I suppose you, did, you had open all hours. Still open all hours. That's the yeah, spin-off, that's isn't it? And so, so you've got closed all. Closed for an hour. Does that work? <laughs> well, but you can't back, only take back, a hostage for an hour. Back can you? If someone took my If someone took me hostage for an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. I often don't see other people. I work at home a lot. I don't see people for hours all the time. <laughs> no one would notice. I take an hostage for an hour. <laughs> okay, so yours is it's called closed for for hours. Closed for yeah, all hours. Closed all hours. Closed all. Okay. Um, all right. Um, Shit. Best name criteria <laughs> fucks me again. Yeah. I, I think that's. I think that's a strong a strong response though because obviously there's a danger in this this game. If Mike took a three 0 lead, that would be that would be potentially unavailable. <laughs> we just um, have to win the season this podcast. <laughs> um, Mike, then your your tagline: an elf and a team of thoughtful photographers practice an act for a talent show in a grocery store. Yeah, so is the I grocery mean, store being run by? <laughs> it's empty. It's empty because they're all at the shop convention. <laughs> well, this, this, uh, this is blowing my mind now. It's such an. Ex- it's Marvel both exist. Marvel have proven that this just makes a fortune to collect everything together. It's a money spinner. This is this is gold. It's it gold. Yeah. Oh, we'll be like the Guardians of the Galaxy to your Avengers. And, uh... <laughs> um, yeah. So. <laughs> This one, I mean, I really hope this one I don't win because uh, I've already got to write two bloody pilots now. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it's kind of like that season of Seinfeld, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get uh, your so best mate the, involved and he's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so the elf is going to be played by Orlando Bloom. Uh, right. Uh, uh, and it's not actually going to be an elf. It's, it's just Orlando Bloom. Kind of extra ah. style. Uh, but the wasn't the he in extras? I don't know actually. Probably, I yeah. think he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the team of photographers um, take their take their films a little bit too seriously, so they think they've actually found a real elf, um, and you know they're trying to they're trying their main aim, their sort of driving driving. Uh, a raison d'etre in the, in the in the show is to uh, get Orlando Bloom to take them to Rivendell so that they can get to take photographs of it. Um, now, Orlando Bloom, he's not worked for a while, so his main thing is he just wants to win the grocery store uh, talent show uh, with his talent of um, of juggling really well. Uh, juggling, shooting arrows at stuff while sliding. <laughs> so he's he's going to be doing sort of skateboard skateboard bow tricks, and once so he's going to basically say to these photographers, "All right, I'll take you to Rivendell, but you've got to help me win the grocery store talent show." So that's how they end up working together to try and to get Orlando Bloom to win. Um, because he's Orlando Bloom is famously a callous opportunist 
who will lie to a team of photographers uh, in order to secure a small $500 prize <laughs> from a talent show. Um, so what, you know, the, the, the photographers, there's going to be three of them. Uh, who are we going to have? We're going to have... Um, uh, it's just going to be in a British comedy. I think it's going to be in a British grocery store. It's going to be in like Safeways or something. Um, one of them is going to be Nick Frost. Be good, yeah. That'll be quite good. Yeah, I think he'll be quite good at that. Uh, you obviously can't you can't have Nick Frost without Simon Pegg, or they get mm-hmm. sad. So he can be there as well. Uh, it's, I mean, what I'm really hoping for here is if I put these guys in and then I do win I can just get Edgar Wright to write it um, <laughs> but there's no guarantee of that so they're going to be two of them and then the third one fuck it I'll just put the whole cast of hot ones in it we'll have uh, <laughs> we'll have um, Oscar winning <laughs> actress <laughs> um, uh, oh god why can't I remember her name now she just won the Oscar oh uh, thank um, you from Olivia Coleman. Coleman from yeah that's right Olivia Coleman Olivia Coleman's going to be in one of the photographers as well and they're all trying to convince Orlando Bloom to take them to Rivendell so they can take photographs of it uh, and it's going to be called Elf and Stacy oh. because Olivia Coleman's character is going to be called Stacy uh, yeah uh, you know what this that was you were, we were very close there to that being an absolute um walk over for Paul uh, until <laughs> until you, you named Olivia Colman's character Stacy and made the show called Elf and Stacy but even even so I feel like as a, as NBC's commissioning editor um, I feel like that's the sort of sitcom I might have commissioned 30 years ago um, and called Elf oh, and right. Stacy yeah I, I, Elf and Stacy sorry and also now I think about it more Stacy doesn't sound that much like safety um, and people will confuse you with Gavin and Stacey. Yeah, no. But now Gavin's been replaced yeah. by a fake elf. Yeah, I, I exactly. I think I think it's, it's a, uh, you've got a very complex setup there. The, the, the Rivendell thing, the is Orlando Bloom an elf? Is he not? Are you, are Why you do they think he's the an rights elf? to both Safeway and uh, Middle Earth? Yeah. It, it could get quite expensive. That said, Paul's is quite expensive because he's got such a large cast of. You made me have a large cast. I, I, I have eight. Can you um, keep it? It could have been done as a cartoon. You could have had two people doing all the voices of even one. But that said, that said, um, I do quite like the the idea of this uh, this crossover comedy that that joins together the the, the comedy uh, behemoths of uh, open all hours and what was the other one black books black books uh, so that <laughs> that they you know they, they both exist in the same universe so and also because Paul's two nil down and it's going to ruin the ruin future episodes Paul uh, congratulations Get <laughs> in. you are the winner of episode three of I got 99 sitcoms but this pitch ain't one I would watch mine. <laughs> I I'm not. I think I'd watch yours Jeez, as well. Right? It'd be the it'd be the comedy event. Of the year. It would be. It would exactly. be. It's a massive deal. I don't see where it goes in the long term, but I think I think we can certainly get a good. Uh, I'm sending this in. I'm submitting this. one off. I'm submitting this to the real well, NBC. 
the copyright is all mine. <laughs> You'll see if you if, if you look on uh, on iTunes, uh, the copyright is mine. <laughs> um, on that bombshell, uh, on that bombshell. Wait, Rob, does that mean you own all opinions shared on this show? Because I can I can really make that uh, <laughs> problematic. Don't say you hate them. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening to episode three of Between the Laughs. We'll be back very soon. We'd like to hear what you would like us to uh, to, to watch. We might take your th- thoughts and opinions into into consideration. Uh, contact us, Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram Between Laughs, Facebook Between the Laughs, email Between the Laughs at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'll see you soon. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, from Mike, and from Paul. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>